Hello, residents. My name is Zach Olson. I'm joined today by Mike Estefan, and thank you for downloading this month's episode of the EM Clerkship Podcast. This episode is sponsored by our amazing sponsor, Pearson Rabbits Insurance, and today is round number, I believe, 27 of the game, Mike, if I'm counting correctly. Mike will need to perform today's case in real ABAM oral boards format. He has 30 minutes to complete the case and has no idea what the case is ahead of time. These cases were created by me. They are not derived from actual ABAM cases, and they are not real patients. Mike, take out a piece of paper and a pencil. Place the paper sideways in front of you. Outline your three human bodies, um, kind of divide it into three parts, three human bodies, and let me know when you are ready. All right, my friend. I am ready. All right, here we go. Dr. Estefan, this will be a triple patient encounter. You will have 30 minutes to complete this case. Before we begin, do you have any questions? Nope. Let's do it. All right. Your timer starts now. Dr. Estefan, you are working at Clerkship General. It's 6 a.m. on a beautiful Sunday morning, and the nurse comes up to you and says, Sorry, Doc. They're all checking in and puts three patients in your rack at the same time. It's choose your own adventure, Mike. I have three patients. I have Miss Taylor, Miss Thomas, and Miss Wells. Um, so Taylor, Thomas, and Wells. What are their chief complaints? Um, well, Miss Taylor has back pain, Miss Thomas has dysuria, and Miss Wells has knee pain. Can I get a set of vitals on all three of them before I decide who I want to see first? No, that's too complicated. Just pick one. Just pick one. (laughs) All right, let's do Miss Taylor, back pain. All right. So, uh, Miss Taylor is a 65-year-old female here with back pain, um, and she is in room one. All right. I walk into the room. What do I see? You see a 65-year-old female. She appears uncomfortable, in pain. Doc, I need some pain medicine. Okay. Can I get an opening set of vitals on her? Sure. Her temperature is 98.8. Her heart rate is 120. Her respiratory rate is 22. Her uh, blood pressure is 210 over 110, and her O2 saturation is 97%. And can I get an accu check on her? Her blood sugar is 120. Excellent. Miss Taylor, What? my name is Dr. Estefan. I am one of the doctors that will be taking care of you today. What is bringing you to the emergency room? I'm having terrible back pain. How many of you do I have to tell this to? I need some pain medicine. Okay. We'll take care of your pain. Give me a couple minutes. When did your back pain start? Well, it started this morning, just a little bit ago. Okay. Um, and how bad is it? Scale of 1 to 10 right now. Oh, my goodness. It's severe. It's severe. Okay. Come on. Was it severe when it first started? Like within 60 seconds of it starting? I think so. Okay. Pretty, pretty, pretty significant, doctor. This is all right away. All right. And where in your back is the pain? It is in my lower back. Your lower back. Okay. Um, any other symptoms? Any chest pain? No. Any trouble breathing? No. Any weakness anywhere? No. Any problems peeing or pooping? No. Any fevers? No. Any numbness? No. All right. Any uh, trauma or falls or car accidents or anything like that? I don't remember hurting it. I think it's from apple picking. (laughs) Okay. You went apple picking today? Uh, Yesterday. I was apple picking all day. Got it. Big bake sale. Big bake sale. 
Okay. Got to cook lots of pies. Okay. Tons of pies. <laughs> Hundreds of pies. <laughs> uh, do you have any allergies to medications? Um, penicillin, bananas, and iodine. What happens when you get iodine? Oh, anaphylaxis. Like iodinated contrast, specifically? I don't think I've ever had that before. Just iodine. All mm-hmm. iodines. My mama told me I had it. Okay. Do you take any medications? Um, I do, yes. I take amlodipine, citalopram, I'm on Cipro, and I take Tylenol. Oh, you're on Cipro for what? I'm being treated for a urinary tract infection. Lovely. Okay. What medical problems do you have? Um, High blood pressure, depression, the urinary tract infection, and osteoarthritis. Okay. Um, Ever have surgery before? No. Do you drink alcohol or use drugs? Um, well, I don't drink alcohol. Do you use drugs? Maybe sometimes. What kinds of drugs do you use? Cocaine. Lovely. Okay. All right. Helps uh, me make the pies. Just do a line and then you're, you can make so many more pies. <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, I can see how that, um, is a thing. Um, let's examine her real quick. How does she appear? <laughs> She appears to be in pain. Doctor, can I get some pain medicine? Yeah, in a minute. Um, let's see. Does she have clear lungs? Yes. Um, what's her abdominal exam? Uh, non-tender. What are you looking for? Just tenderness, a pulsating mass, bruising. No pulsating nothing. mass. No bruising. Okay. Um, does she have symmetric pulses in all four extremities? A um, little diminished in the... Uh, the- DPs, both feet, both legs. Okay, what about uh, femoral? Yeah, diminished. Um, how about strength in all four extremities? Normal strength. Okay. Um, and then her back. Um, any obvious trauma, step-offs, deformities? No. Any midline tenderness? No. Okay. Um, duh, 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 duh. And does she have any saddle anesthesia? No. Great. All right. Um, let's get two large bore IVs. Let's get her on the monitor. Um, let's send CVC, CMP, troponin, um, chest X-ray, EKG, and uh, that that contrast allergy. Can I do a bedside ultrasound and look at her aorta? Um, no, and it's not a contrast allergy. It's an iodine allergy. Okay. All right. Um, well, we can... Um, just iodine. <laughs> just just iodine. iodine. In fact, I think I might have had contrast before. All right. Let's... Uh, definitely allergic to iodine. Let's order a dissection study. CTA, chest, abdomen, pelvis. Does that have iodine in it? It has iodinated contrast, but um, you, you cannot be allergic to iodine. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, man. I'm just messing with you. And for everyone that's listening, there's no such thing as an iodine allergy. But whatever, I digress. On with the case. Dissection scan. Okay. Uh, well, that's, that's great. And then let's, Anything else? Yes. Um, let's start her on an Esmolol drip. Es- you're starting an Esmolol drip. Okay. While we are waiting. I mean, how long is the CAT scan going to take? Um, probably about the time it would take to see two other patients. Who are also calling out in pain. Artist Miss Taylor is going, Can I can I have some pain medicine? Oh yeah, let's give her one Please. of Please. Del- one milligram of Dilaudid. 
All right, all that stuff's ordered. Uh, which patient would you like to see next, Miss Thomas or Miss Wells? Let's do Miss Thomas. All right. She is a 50-year-old female. Her chief complaints dysuria, and she's in bed, too. Great. Opening set of vitals, please. Um, her heart rate is 120. Her respiratory rate is 22. Her blood pressure is 106 over 65, and her O2 saturation is 98%. Okay. Um... Ms. Thomas, my name is Dr. Estefan. I'm one of the doctors that will be taking care of you. What is bringing you to the ER today? I'm having so much pain. Doctor, I need something for the pain. <laughs> where is your pain? It's in my abdomen. Oh, where in your abdomen? Uh, lower. Lower. How long have you had this pain for? It's been getting worse for a couple weeks. Maybe a month. And what made you come in today? What changed about it? It's so severe. Doctor, just give me something for the pain, anything. Okay. Any other? Uh, Ideally, Dilaudid. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, any fevers? Um. Yeah, I felt like I've had some fevers. Okay. Oh, yeah. Can we get a temp on her? 101. Um, okay. Fever. Any burning when you pee or urinary frequency? Um, yes, it burns. Any uh, back pain? Um, a little bit on the right side. Okay. Any chest pain or trouble breathing? No. Nausea, vomiting, diarrhea? No. Okay. Any blood in your urine? No. Okay. Uh, do you have any allergies to medications? Um, I do not. Latex, maybe. Latex. Let's go latex. <laughs> okay. Do you take any medications? No. What medical problems do you have? Um, history of kidney stones. I've had urinary tract infection. Patient's husband's going, can you get her something for the pain, doctor? She's clearly in lots of pain. All right, let's, uh, let's put two large bore IVs and we can give her, uh, 15 of Toradol while we kind of sort through this. 15 of Toradol, two large bore IVs. And get her on the monitor, please. And on the monitor. Got it. Um, let's see. Do you use any drugs? Um, no. Okay. Um, let me see. Uh, can I examine her? Sure. Heart and lungs? Are, what are you looking for? Um, does she have clear lung sounds? Does she have a whopping murmur? Does she have symmetric pulses? Um, she has symmetric pulses, clear lungs, no whopping murmur. Great. Um, how about her abdominal exam? Does she have tenderness, rebound, guarding, pulsatile mass? Um, yeah, she has a little bit of tenderness in the in the lower abdomen and on the right upper quadrant. No rebound, no guarding. You said right upper quadrant? Yeah, a little bit right upper quadrant too. Okay. Um any CVA tenderness? Mm, no, not really. Any rashes or anything like that? No rash. Okay. Any Okay, we talked about that. Okay. Um, yeah, let us, and do we have bedside ultrasound at this facility or no? <laughs> um, sure. Yes. Okay, great. Let's get a sepsis workup in for her. So CBC, BMP, lactate, blood cultures, chest x-ray, urinalysis. Um, we can get LFTs, lipase. Um, we normally get troponins on septic patients, um, so we can 
put that in as well. Um, and we can put a VBG for her pH. Um, let's start by, uh, we can give her, how much does she weigh? Uh, 70 kilos. 70 kilos. We can give her 2100 of normal saline. Um, and let's put her in for just broad spectrum antibiotics at this time, vancomycin, and then let's put in a CT of her abdomen pelvis with contrast, as well as a bedside gallbladder ultrasound. All right. What are you looking for in the gallbladder ultrasound? Wall thickening, stone in neck, pericholecystic fluid, positive sonographic Murphy sign. Um, negative. All right. Anything else? Let me repeat those back because there's a few orders. I just want to make sure I hit everything. CBC, BMP, lactic acid, blood cultures, chest x-ray, urinalysis, LFTs, lipase, troponin, VBG, 2100 normal saline, vanc, zosin, CT abdomen with contrast. And the toradol that she should have already gotten. All right. Anything else? That should be it. And let me go see number three real quick, knee pain. All right. Oh, what's taking you so long, Doc? I'm in. I'm clearly having pain. Can I get some Dilaudid or something? <laughs> uh, can I examine you and talk to you first? I guess. Okay. Uh, and is this Miss Wells, Mister Wells? This is Miss Wells, Miss Wells, Hannah Miss Wells. Okay. And how old is she? She's forty. Forty-year-old female. Okay. Uh, what do I see when I walk into the room? You see a patient who is crying because of how much pain she's in. She's asking for pain. She appears very uncomfortable holding her knee. Okay, Miss Wells, my name's Dr. Astefan. I'm one of the doctors that'll be taking care of you. What is bringing you to the hospital today? I'm just having this terrible knee pain. And when did it start? One day ago. Okay. Did you what what made it come on? Did you hurt yourself or did it kind of start on I, its own? I think it started on its own. Okay. Have you been able to walk? It definitely hurts to walk on. I'm limping on it. Has anything like this ever happened before? No. Any swelling of that leg or that knee? Uh, I don't know. You tell me. You're the expert. I look swollen to me. Okay. <laughs> Feisty. Feisty, I see. All right. Can I get an opening set of vitals on her? It's just my excruciating pain talking. Can I get something for the pain? Of course you can, as soon as um, I take a look at that knee. Can I get an opening set of vitals? Sure. Heart rate is 90. Respiratory rate is 18. Blood pressure is 120 over 80. O2 saturation is 98%. Temperature? 99.9. Great. Um, any allergies to meds? No. Do you take any medications? No. Do you have any medical problems? No. Have you ever had surgery before? No. Do you drink, smoke, or use drugs? No. All right. Let's examine her. I'm going to do a focused exam of her knee. By the way, which knee is it? Her right knee. Right knee. Okay. Let's do a focused exam. Um, looking, comparing her knees, does her right knee look more swollen than her left? Yes, it is more swollen than the left. Okay. Does she have tenderness to palpation anywhere? Yeah, kind of throughout the knee. Does she have any redness or overlying skin changes? Yeah, it looks more red compared to the left knee. Okay, is she able to passively range that knee? 
uh, causes severe pain. Speaking of, doctor, can I get some pain medicine? Oh my goodness. Yeah, we can give you some pain meds in a minute. So severe pain with passive range of motion. Yes. And does your skin feel warm where it's red? Yeah. All right. Um, does she have good pulses distally, distal to the knee? Yes. Sensation throughout in her right lower extremity? Normal. Okay, good uh, range of motion at the hip and the ankle? Normal. Okay. And how far does the redness spread? Does it env- envelope the entire knee joint itself? Or is there like a nice little pocket without cellulitis that I could stick a needle? Um, I mean, the knee is all pretty red, but it doesn't look like cellulitis. I don't know. It's just the knee. It's just hot and inflamed. Just just a hot a hot joint. Yeah. And what about her big toe on that side? Any any pain, any swelling? Uh I mean she's missing a toenail, but other than that, no. She's missing a toenail. What else am I yeah, seeing? Yeah, they had to remove it when I was a kid. And it never grew back? Well, it kept growing back and they would get uh I kept getting ingrown toenails, so they just cut it cut it out. Okay. Um does she have any like tracking, like it's spreading, like lymph, lymph angitis, no. nothing like that? No, the, the redness. Okay, are we All talking right. about the toe or the knee? Both. A- anything spreading no. from the toe to the knee? <laughs> no, there's nothing spreading between the toe and the knee. <laughs> okay, um, let's let's put in. Let me start with. Uh, we can give her a thousand of Tylenol, fifteen of Toradol. Sorry. Let me let me restart. Let's let's get her on the monitor. We can uh, get one IV. Let's give her a thousand Tylenol, fifteen of Toradol, uh, right knee X-ray, CBC, BMP, ESR, CRP, blood cultures, uh, urinalysis, chest X-ray, and um, that should be good for now. Let's let's go back to Miss Taylor. Yep. All right. So everything's back on Miss Taylor. Her CBC is normal. Her CMP. Oh, I wrote it down here somewhere. Hold on. Oh, everything is normal, but she has an elevated creatinine 3.5 and a BUN of 40. Her troponin is normal. Her chest X-ray is normal. Her EKG is normal. And I can't remember. Did we start? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't start the Esmolol drip yet. I don't think. I think we held off on that. But um. oh, and then the CTA shows... Uh, Aortic dissection going from the bilateral iliacs to um, just distal to the IMA. Just distal to the IMA. Great. So this is a type B dissection, um, which is medical management. Um, So let's get that Esmolol drip starting, and we can titrate to a heart rate less than 60. All right. How much Esmolol would you like? Um, Can we talk to pharmacy i want it on a titratable drip not a, a fixed dose all right so um just a drip of esmolol we're going to titrate less than 60 heart rate less um, than what would 60. you like the drip started at honestly whatever pharmacy says <laughs> all right we'll start it at what is it 50 mics a kilogram a minute i think off the top of my head okay esmolol is started okay and then um can we also repeat repeat her set of vitals after the esmolol started and her heart rate is less than 60 
Um, sure. Her heart rate is 59. Her respiratory rate is 22. Her blood pressure is 220 over 120 or two saturations, 97%. She's going, doctor, I'm in so much pain. All right. Let's give her another milligram of Dilaudid. And then we can also, um, start her on a cardine drip as well. Goal blood pressure is systolic less than 120. All right. That has been started. And then let's call, um, do we have like a cardiovascular ICU? Sure. All right. And yeah, let's put out a call to them. All right. While you're waiting to call back, everything's back on Miss Thomas. Great. What do I got? All right. Um, so the CBC shows a white blood cell count of 13, otherwise normal. BMP is normal. Lactic acid is 1.2. Blood cultures won't be back, obviously. Chest x-ray is normal. Your analysis shows um, no protein, specific gravity of 1.012, uh, large leukosterase, nitrite negative, large WBCs, small bacteria, large amount of squamous cells. Um, LFTs are normal, lipase is normal, troponin is normal, VBG is normal, bolus is in, vancomycin is started, CT abdomen with contrast shows a little bit of right, or sorry, not right, but just kind of perihepatic stranding. And you said her LFTs were normal? Yeah. Um, ooh, wait, okay. Um, let me talk to Miss Thomas again. Sure. Her and her uh, husband are in the room. Doctor, we need something for the pain. She's clearly hurting. Okay. Um, let's. We can just give her four morphine. All right. Four morphine is given. Uh, Miss Thomas. Um, the husband's in the room as well. Uh, yeah. Can I kick the husband out real quick? Why do you need to kick me out, Doc? She's got an STD or something. Well, I, ju- I just want to. I just want to. Um, Talk to her in private. I'm just messing. I'm just messing. I'll step out. I'll just. I'll step out. I know she never cheated on me. All right. Never ever. All right, Miss Thomas. Um, I I have a question. Uh, number one, are you sexually active? Uh, yes. Do you use protection? Uh, no, not really. I've had my tubes tied. Okay. Um, how many sexual partners do you have? Uh, two. Okay. All right. Um, you know, I, I'm concerned that you could have... Have you had any vaginal discharge lately? Yes. Okay. Um, I would like to do a pelvic exam on you. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. Um, so I'm going to do a pelvic exam. Let's get swabs. Uh, uh, and I want to test you for a couple STDs. Is that okay as well? Uh, I guess. Okay. Um, you just gonna do it alone, or is I'm, you're making me uncomfortable, Doc? No, we'll get a chaperone. We'll get a chaperone. But um, can I get swabs for gonorrhea, chlamydia, um, and we can put in like an RPR for her blood tests and um, an HIV test, and let's get a chaperone, a female nurse chaperone in the room, and let's do both a speculum and a bimanual exam. All right. What are you looking for in the speculum exam? Um, any any abnormality that I can visualize, like a friable cervix or a red cervix or active bleeding. Um, there's no bleeding. Maybe a little friable. Yeah, red and friable. 
Okay. And does she have cervical motion tenderness on my bimanual exam? Mm, no. Okay. And he had nexal tenderness. Uh, yes. Which side? Um, both. Both sides. Okay. Um, let's put in for a... Uh, sorry. Miss Thomas, I, I'm concerned that you might have something called a tubo-ovarian abscess, um, which can be a complication of an STD. Um, so while we, we wait for your STD testing to come back, I would like to obtain a transvaginal ultrasound uh, with Doppler to rule out both a... Uh, a TOA as well as torsion, even though I don't think it's torsion. All right. Ultrasound comes back. There's a little bit of fluid in the, um, in the uterus and in the fallopian tubes, but no abscess fluid. Okay. I mean, she's 50. I normally don't get pregnancy tests over the age of 50, but can I get a pregnancy test real quick? Sure. It's negative. Okay. Um, like inside inside the fallopian tubes, not like pelvic free fluid. Inside the fallopian tube. Yeah. Uh, so is this is this like PID? No. Oh, well, um, she has a SERS response. She has a fever with a tachycardia. I mean, and it sounds like she has Fitzhugh Curtis syndrome <laughs> with pelvic inflammatory disease. Um, so I, I'm just going to bring her into the hospital. Um, let's treat her for PID. Um, I think what we normally do is, uh, Clinda and Gent at my hospital. Um, so I know she was started on Vanxosin, but let's, I think she's stable to the floor. Let's admit her for pelvic inflammatory disease pending STD testing. Um, we can start her on Clinda and Gent. Got it. Um, Doc, patient in three is getting getting upset, wondering what's taking so long. Yeah, let's go back to three. All right. My knee, it still hurts. I need more pain medicine. Okay. Um, do we have any results of her testing? Um, CBC shows an elevated white count. BMP is normal. Sed rate, CRP, both elevated. Blood culture is not back. Uh, UA shows few white blood cells, uh, no other bacteria. Chest x-ray is normal. Okay. And uh, the knee x-ray? Normal swollen okay fusion all right um miss wells i am worried that you have a, a septic knee meaning an infection in your knee um the only way to figure it out is by doing a joint aspiration an arthrocentesis as we call it in the medical field okay got it my whole family is orthopedics i know the procedure well and let's get on with it great um would you like me to just describe the procedure great um let's uh, clean the entire knee with chlorhexidine and allow it to dry. I will put on sterile gloves and grab, let's say, a 25cc syringe with an 18-gauge needle. I will also grab a 10cc syringe with a 25-gauge needle. I will inject lidocaine. Um, well, I'll, I'll feel the knee, look for the biggest, the most fluctuant area, um, wherever the effusion is most fluctuant. Um, kind of dividing the patella into four corners, almost like a square. And um, wherever the the most fluctuant is, I am going to anesthetize with lidocaine. And then I'm going to insert the uh, 25cc syringe with the 18-gauge needle 
into that spot while with equally fluctuant where do you want to stick it uh let's go uh, equally fluctuant let's go uh, let's go medial upper medial corner i guess and i'm gonna aim it kind of under the patella once i enter the skin i'm gonna pull back until i get fluid got it you got fluid what color is the fluid cloudy cloudy all right let's send that fluid for cell count uh gram stain culture and crystal analysis uh let's see cell count is uh 49,999 whites interesting gram stain shows gram negative diplococci no crystals culture's not back uh cloudy and that ends your case Woo! All right. Ran out of time. Congratulations. Brutal. That's a brutal case. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, before we go through how you did, I would like to thank our sponsor for the month, Pearson Rabbits Insurance. Stephanie Pearson at Pearson Rabbits is my personal disability and life insurance agent. Stephanie Pearson was a practicing OBGYN who got injured while at work doing, doing a delivery that just went horribly wrong. It was completely unexpected. She assumed that between her group policy and workman's comp that she would be financially covered, but it unfortunately wasn't that simple because of lots and lots of fine print that she didn't understand up front. This is why you need your own personal policy that you buy on your terms, a personal disability policy that you own that covers you in case you can't do the specific occupation that you train for. And this is why when you decide to buy your disability insurance policy, ideally as early as possible in residency, you need an independent agent who can work on your behalf, coach you, and show you the difference between all the, all the options that are available to you. To you, they're going to look exactly the same, but there's a lot of fine print and detail that separates them out, and that's why you need an uh, uh, independent agent. She is an educator at heart, and she's going to teach you how this stuff works. Don't wait until it's too late. Don't wait until you get diagnosed with a chronic illness or get injured or your family gets diagnosed with some sort of genetic disease, right? You will never be as healthy as you are right now. Don't learn these lessons the hard way. Contact Dr. Pearson. Go to www.pearsonravits.com. Fill out the contact info and have a meeting with her team to get all your questions about disability insurance answered. And now back to our case. All right, Mike. Uh, how do you think you did? Um, I think I ran out of time. I think I was slow. I think I figured out everything that was going on, but um, I just didn't get that orthopedic consult and antibiotics in for that last case and admission. Yeah, I would agree. I think that um, the thing that I think you figured every one of these cases out from what I understand from what you've done so far and the, the types of questions you asked. We'll go through each of them. I think that the time factor snuck up on you a little bit. And I wanted to do a case that was a little more involved, try to do a little more distraction, and just to show you that you kind of have to have that internal clock going because you can run out of time and it's uncomfortable when it happens on test day, obviously. Um, you're very smart. And so what's going to get you is not probably not going to be something that you you don't know or the case just doesn't click. I think it's much more likely that you just run out of time. And so I wanted to be very strict. I was very strict on the time today. Um, I think that on the triple case, they're probably going to help you along. I, I feel like it's more the 15-minute ones where the time runs out a little bit more because, like, these are pretty complicated for a triple. Mm-hmm. Um, these are pretty in-depth. And so, you know, part of this is just – for learning purposes. Uh, but yeah, I think you're exactly right. All right. So let's go through uh, Miss Taylor, the 65-year-old with back pain. 
What was going on with her? Uh, she had a type B aortic dissection. Correct. And so for critical actions, I had obtain a social history, diagnose aortic dissection, control the heart rate, control the blood pressure, and treat pain. Um, so you met all the critical actions on this case. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a subtle in the real in the real world. Aortic dissections, as you know, are very hard to diagnose. But on this is one of those examples where it's easier on test day because you can just be like, is there like a pulse deficit? And they just have to go like, yeah, you know, it's <laughs> it's much easier on test day than in the real life to diagnose an aortic dissection. But I thought you were all over it. Um, what were some things on her history that made her prone to aortic dissection? Uh, you, you, <laughs> you set this up very well. Um, she is taking Cipro for a UTI. And if I understand correctly, there is a very high risk of um, aortic pathology associated with Cipro in addition to the tendon rupture tendencies. But it ching. Yeah, um, I think I think that it's a connective tissue thing. I'm not sure very high, but there is definitely um, some connective tissue concerns with the fluoroquinolones. Correct. Yep, and then the cocaine use. Yeah, did you like that? I would. I was just like, we need to have our 65 year old doing some cocaine. That's how it goes. In the <laughs> wouldn't be world. wouldn't be the first um, time I've seen help, that. Yeah, exactly. To help make the pies. Anyways, it's <laughs> fall. You know, you have to do a fall themed here. Okay, so. Um, what do you, there's a couple of things that were interesting in this case. What do you think about iodine allergies? Uh, they are not a thing. Um. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Never in the history of humanity has there been an iodine allergy. You have iodine coursing through your body. You know, I think when you have a patient with an iodine allergy, you have, I think you have to check and make sure that it wasn't actually a contrast allergy. Because my concern is always that someone put down iodine allergy when the patient says contrast allergy. Like, oh, yeah, I had an allergic reaction to, like, that iodine contrast. And they write down iodine, you know? So yeah. it's not like you can completely ignore it. But, um, yeah, iodine allergies for everyone that's listening aren't a thing. Okay. Um, let's see. What else? What do you think about – so this is a question. Now this is more more advanced here, I guess. So you know how there's the whole thing where you're never supposed to give beta blockers to people who use cocaine? Right. <laughs> yeah. Because of the unopposed, the unopposed alpha. Yep. And so I actually was just kind of stewing on this because you were late, Mike. So I was actually thinking about this quite a bit where he was late to recording. We have to give him a hard time. That's why maybe I'm a little salty. Maybe that's why I didn't give him as much grace on the time too. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what do you think about, I was trying to find the treatment of aortic dissection and someone who's used cocaine. Um, I think it's the same. Yeah. I mean, I mean, theoretically, right? Like, esmolol is uh, it? It's turn on, turn off, right? It lasts for seconds. So, like, if right. their if their blood pressure goes up when I start esmolol, then obviously I'm <laughs> like that. That's concerning, and um, I guess we could consider like a uh, something like diltiazem instead. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's right. kind of where I was at, too. Or like a labetalol that does a little more alpha beta. I don't know. This is obviously more advanced than what we're going for with this podcast and more advanced of a discussion than you'll probably have on test day. But I just thought I, I kind of that when I was doing this case with the cocaine and the dissection, I was just like, huh, I wonder, you know, if that affects the agent that you use at all. And I looked it up a little bit online, couldn't find too much. Um, so I think you just pretty much do the same because, again, the esmolol is quick on, quick off. And then you just have to control the blood pressure. Yeah. So. Anyways, um, but yeah, you actually hit all of the critical actions on that case. 
with all of these, um, I kept having them ask for pain medicine and stuff because even things like counseling, which will come up in a, in, a, in the next case, but um, counseling, pain control, and the non-diagnostic, non-medical treatment type stuff, that comes into play as well when you do the oral boards. So you have to, you know, you want to be like, oh, can I get you something for the pain? Oh, let me tell you what's going on. Um, and this one, you ran out of time a little bit. But all of those sorts of um, soft skills are important as well. And you do get graded on those. Even I, I would imagine in most cases, it's not going to be like a critical action. I don't know if that's true or not because I don't, again, these aren't real cases. But um, those sorts of things, getting pain medicine and saying, I'm really concerned about your pain. We're going to get your pain under control. Let me just ask allergies first. I think all of that um, is an important thing to remember for your test. Okay. Case two, because I just don't want to take up everyone's time here. Uh, Miss Thomas, the 50-year-old who came in with dysuria, what was going on on that case? It sounds like she has pelvic inflammatory disease with Fitzhugh-Curtis syndrome. Yeah, good pickup. I think that that was um, – in Fitzhugh-Curtis, I don't know the sensitivity of CT to diagnose like the parahepatic stranding for Fitzhugh-Curtis. I couldn't find that. Um, but I, yeah, exactly. You got uh, – it was adnexal tenderness. Um, with with the right upper quadrant pain, that's classic Fitzhugh Curtis. What is Fitzhugh Curtis? Uh, all I remember about it is a complication of PID that results in like strictures and stranding around the liver, like classically like kind of around the capsule. Yeah, violin yeah, strings. It won't show up on ultrasound, and it won't affect the LFTs. Um, so I think kind of the combination of the ultrasound and the LFTs being normal and the straining, I think that's what kind of put it together for you. Um, I had down as a critical action, getting a pregnancy test. I guess I am getting pregnancy tests on my 50 year olds usually. Um, and then I said she had her tubes fired or whatever, but whatever. I was just kind of making it up as I went to, but yeah, you did it. You considered pregnancy. You did a chaperone's pelvic exam. Um, and I think the only thing that we didn't, and you treated the pain. Um, you didn't get a chance to counsel her much on the sexually transmitted infection. No, I did not. Just for time reasons. What would you have told her? Um, I probably would have advised her to consider using protection. Um, I don't really know. Uh, honestly, we don't we don't get to work a lot of fast track in residency, for better or for worse. Um, so I haven't had to do this too often. I normally just recommend using protection. Um, and following up with their OB after we treat their infection. Sure, yeah. So you want to treat their infection. You don't want them to have sex until their infection is treated, and you want the recent partners to get treated as well. Right. And so any sexual partners within 60 days need treated. If it's been more than 60 days, just the most recent partner. And um, you want to have no sex until everyone kind of gets treated is one of the big things. But you sent off for the HIV and syphilis. If you're not going to do testing out of that out of the ED, then you need to count, you need to refer them for that. And so you need to follow up with your doctor for additional tests like HIV to make sure, you know, because these sexually transmitted infections can go together. Um, so you didn't get a chance to counsel her. But other than that, I thought you did decent. Um, you didn't pick up on the vaginal discharge right away. Correct. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, yeah. So I, I guess that's all I have on that case. You, you don't forget to ask what vaginal discharge and pelvic processes in lower abdominal pain in women, especially on the test. Um, and th it's those sorts of things. Like you did a good job with the back exam on the first one, um, the pelvic exam on the second one. I don't know how you want to kind of make it so you remember that based off of your, your gingerbread man, but you need to remember kind of those exams that you don't necessarily do on every case, right? 
Like I'm not sitting the patient up and feeling down their spine if they're laying in bed and they don't have back pain generally, right? Yeah. So you can kind of miss it. You listen to the heart and lungs, feel the abdomen. You're not doing a pelvic exam on every patient. So you need to have something on there so that it remembers to kind of do those things and to consider those diagnoses. Um, let's see. Yeah, we didn't re- we didn't really have time to get into like the antibiotic choices too much for pelvic inflammatory disease. Um, you said chlamydia and gentamicin, and I or it's chlamydia and gentamicin, <laughs> clindamycin, <laughs> clinda and gent. Um, yeah, just give them some chlamydia; that'll help. Um, no, so and then you you treated all the sepsis stuff. I don't think that there's too much on that case, other than counseling the patient, which you didn't get a chance to do because of time. And then the final case, I was pushing you pretty fast just to try to get some of it done. Um, Miss Wells with the knee pain. What was going on with her? Sounds like a either a sept, well, more likely a septic arthritis. But she's she's yeah. right under the cutoff. But I would still treat it as a septic arthritis. Yeah, I think you treat it as a septic arthritis. And what would you do? Uh, I would give her antibiotics and consult surgery for potential washout. Which antibiotics? Um, honestly, we normally leave it up to surgery with whatever they want, but I would definitely cover, uh, skin flora for sure. Okay. Um, and so skin flora, meaning like MRSA, MSSA. Yeah. Like I'd give her a bank. So you go bank. Okay. What is the most, well, and I actually said it. So on the gram scan, it showed gram negative diplococci. Oh, I, I I totally missed that. that. I didn't hear you. That was, uh, well, we're out of time anyways. Yeah, um, it sounds like gonorrhea. Gonorrhea. All right. So depending on how well you do, I was going to open up a second a second PID case. Um, well, that, but, I almost went down this route. I was like, oh, I'm going to ask <laughs> sexual history. Like, I, I've seen yeah, gonococcal no, I mean, that was, just, that was just as like a podcaster. If we have too much time and you're just killing it. That I would be like, all right, I'm going to push you down that road and make you do all that again. <laughs> um, what, is, what is more common, MRSA or uh, gonorrhea of the knee? Uh, I actually don't know. My guess would be not gonorrhea because I've only seen it once, but I've seen numerous MRSAs, but I'm ready to be wrong. I think it's – so according to my book, my resources – it's gonorrhea. Wow. Um, that was Robert. That was, oh, did I get that from Roberts and Hedges? I used a couple sources on this. It might have been from the CDC website. Uh, I don't remember which source it was that said that, but uh, that gonorrhea is more popular. And then they start showing, no, it was Roberts and Hedges. Cause then they started showing like all these pictures of like the little folliculitis and stuff that you can get with gonorrhea as it starts to slowly disseminate. Kind of freaky. I'm like, man, I wonder how many times I've missed that. Um, it's, it can be subtle. So, but anyways, that was what was going on. That was why they were having maybe a little uh, inflama- inflammation on their UA and that kind of thing. Um, but again, we were just kind of out of time and that was just how it went. Yeah. But um, with all three of these, I wanted you to treat pain and you did. And I'm not, I, I, you know, part of this is for entertainment value, but make sure on the test, even if they're not screaming out, I need pain medicine, I need pain medicine, that you're still offering something for pain. Okay. Because they might not push you as hard as I did to control the pain. And it's important that you do that. I was going to say, uh, um, by the time I take the test for real, I feel like I'm just going to be snowing all my patients because you're just conditioning me to give everyone narcotics <laughs> on these cases. Well, it doesn't have to be opiate. I mean, it could be Tylenol or something. I mean, just just to show that you're you, you have to address to it. Better. Yeah. Yeah. And this is in the ED too, right? It could be like Toradol. Like you gave a couple of these people Toradol or Tylenol. That counts. Ice. Just something to say like, I'm going to get you something to make you feel better. Let's get some ice on that. Yeah. I mean, that's it. And it's not even a med, but it's showing concern 
right? And so this is a good test skill, but also sure. life, you know, practice skill. Um, any closing thoughts on these three cases? I, you know, I'm not sure if you would have pulled it through or not on this one. You, you can get, see, here's the thing. Most cases you can figure out, I feel like. There might be one or two that are pretty tricky or that you feel like you maybe didn't figure out on test day. But the thing that will really hurt you is running out of time because that's where you just miss things that you know how to do, right? Yep. That's just where you don't have time to call admissions. That's where you start to miss a critical action like doing a whole procedure or starting antibiotics for sepsis or things like that. And so it's that keeping that internal clock is something that you just need to – and I'm going to be stricter and stricter with the time here. Usually you're, you're pretty good. We just kind of dragged it out a little bit on this one. But definitely keep an eye on that time because that that'll hurt you. That'll sneak up on you. As far as the medical piece of it, everything else was good. Um, I think you figured out every case well. And uh, I think you knew how to treat every case well. So I'm, I have no concerns there. Just make sure that you're, you're watching the time and keeping that internal clock running. I feel like it's easy to lose time. You don't do too long of histories. I feel like you can lose a little bit of time on exam. Um, and yeah, yeah, probably exam, you know, yeah. just make sure you're moving, make sure you're moving. Um, and these, again, these were three pretty actually complicated cases, right? Like the easiest case is the knee pain. You have to do a procedure, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's like a lot. Um, and it's not a procedure. It's like you do this every day. It's not like it's a lumbar puncture, you know, you're tapping a knee. So um, any other final thoughts? Um, not really. I, the, the only thing I would add is, um, when you suspect a dissection clinically, you know, in the real world, you can't get the CTA immediately and Esmolol is a easy on easy off med. So just consider starting that before you get your imaging. It's not going to hurt. You can just turn it off right away if you're wrong. Um, but I, I don't know. Do you have any experience in my my training, my residency, I've always started Esmolol on the way to the CAT scanner. Um, so I've never done that. And part of it is because if I want a CT, I can get the CT pretty quickly. I think you have more leverage as an attending to say, I want you to ignore the stroke and the trauma and this person needs to go back now. And, you know, you can, you can move the department however you want once you're up there, you know, with the charge nurse in charge of the department, right? And so you can get radiology to do whatever you want. Um, you just need a line and things like that. I have never started empiric as small. Cause there's plenty of times, like I can think of cases just the other day. There's plenty of people that have like a diminished pulse and a limb or something. Cause I'm a pretty thorough examiner. Like I, I do a lot of physical exams. There's plenty of people that have a swollen leg that don't have PE or DVT, right? Their legs just always swollen. Yep. There's plenty of people that have like pulses that you can't feel in the legs that don't have a dissection. And in fact, as far as I know, I don't think I've ever seen a dissection. It's three times as common as a triple A. And I have seen a ruptured, bad ruptured triple A that required, um, it was a hundred and some units of blood. So I've seen the bad AAA, but I have not, to my recollection, diagnosed a bad dissection yet. And so it's just, it's not very common. Um, but, you know, I have looked for it a bunch and I don't, you know, I don't do empiric Esmolol because I feel like I can get a CT faster than I can get an Esmolol drip, I guess. But anyways. Oh, yeah. It must be just a process, different processes at different yeah. hospitals. I can get an Esmolol drip in like a minute tops and then like how my, many how many dissections have you seen i've seen three dissections in my residency so what far. <laughs> <laughs> again i haven't seen any i mean i look for it all the time and lord knows i see enough people on my job so uh, but but i've started esmolol on probably five people and only two of those had dissections 
And yeah, I think if it's a clear cut dissection, right? Like yeah. they're pulseless, they have tearing back pain and those sorts of things. And maybe it's, it's worth considering. So yeah. It, Anyways, I don't want to keep all of our listeners too, too much longer. Cause it's a long, you know, these 30 minute ones are long. Sure. We appreciate everyone for listening and downloading. Uh, check out our amazing sponsor, uh, Dr. Stephanie Pearson at Pearson Rabbits Insurance. That stuff really is important. Send us emails, Zach at emclerkship.com, Mike at emclerkship.com. Um, just a heads up, in the near future, we'll probably start maybe reaching out to some of you and maybe getting some. We'd love to hear kind of how you guys are able to teach out there because Mike's getting ready to graduate and become an attending. So we need some, we might need some fresh blood soon. So um, definitely if you guys are interested in teaching, uh, go ahead and email Mike or myself and um, we might want to talk to you further. More to come on that. Um, but otherwise, uh, it's been a pleasure as always, Mike. You did great. You're you're a freaking emergency medicine genius, dude. These cases like are just I can't believe you know how to do all this stuff as a, even as a resident. It's, it's pretty impressive. Um, so good job, but all right, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Until next time, everybody, um, keep working hard, keep studying and be sure to enjoy your shift.